0: Happy new year. We're fucking back. I hate this. I was almost not going to swear. I was going to keep it PG to start it off, but I couldn't help myself. Happy new year. We're back. Took a little bit of a hiatus, everybody. I appreciate you guys bearing with me. Um, Went back home. I think maybe the week week before Christmas, went back home for about two weeks. Didn't record a single podcast. Pretty much just didn't do shit. I was going to start. I was going to do some pods. It's tough living with the parents got four other people in the household. They don't like to hear me screaming and yelling about the Lions, about the Red Wings, about MSU, about Michigan, really any of those things. They don't like to hear me scream and yell about anything. I could be getting mugged, and they'd be like, please be quieter. When it comes to sports and shit that they really don't care about, they're not too keen on it. So I said, you know what? It's the holiday season. We got Christmas. We got New Year's. I'm back in Michigan. I'm chilling out. We're eating. We're drinking. I'm laying on the couch watching every single television show HBO's ever published. I'm going to treat myself. We're going to take some time off. We're going to relax. I'm not going to worry about the pod. I'm not going to worry about what's going to get more viewers. I'm not going to worry about what I'm going to say. Oh, I'm going to break this thing down and what my spin on the game will be. I just said, you know what? Let's take a little time off. It's cold here. I worked pretty hard in 2022, I would say. Um, The podcast grew a bunch. The shirts grew a bunch excuse me, the TikTok, the Instagram, the Twitter, everything grew a bunch. I said, this will be a little reward. There's no other time of the year where I can just really mail it in, where it's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a week and just totally not do anything. That doesn't happen at all throughout the entire rest of the year. So I figured this is kind of the one time anybody really gets that opportunity, especially that week before between Christmas and New Year's, where it's just, hey, fucking... Between you and me, we're not doing shit. Whether it's a corporate job, whether it's something like this, whether you're a barista, whatever the case is, whatever it is you do, that's kind of the one week a year where everyone's cool with you mailing it in. Use your sick days, take the vacation, half-ass it if you do have to go to work. Everyone's pretty cool with that. So that's what I did. First things first, I just want to sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, from every fiber of my being, give a big thank you. To anybody, certainly if you're listening right now, but anybody, whether you come across this podcast in a week or two, or maybe you never listened to it at all, but you have friends, extend my thanks to them as well. You have friends that have listened or shared or told you about it. I genuinely am so appreciative of everybody who listened last year. I'm so appreciative of everybody who shared it who told their friends about it, who sent them the DM on Instagram about it, who brought it up to their dad talking about the lines, whatever the case is, if you support it in any way, whether it's the podcast, whether it's the videos I do pretty much daily on TikTok, whatever platform, whether you were buying shirts, whether you were telling your friends about the shirts, whatever it is you did to support, I really, really, really do appreciate everybody who did that. I can't state it enough. I can't express it enough. Even me saying thank you and doing this doesn't feel like it's enough, but I just need everybody to know that. Because again, you know, I like doing this. I like coming on and talking about sports and shooting the shit and being kind of goofy. But at the same time, the end of the day, it's for the listeners, right? It'd be kind of nothing if there weren't people who enjoyed it. It'd be nothing if there weren't people who enjoyed it enough to then go tell their friends about it. The shirts I make, I like the shirts. I think they're cool. It's fun coming up with unique designs and seeing my friends that are Michigan fans or Lions fans or a couple out-of-market Seattle people, Philadelphia fans, whatever the case is, it makes me happy seeing the people in my life enjoy the designs, enjoy the shirts. But again, it wouldn't be sustainable if it wasn't for people like you who found me whichever way you did, who I've maybe never met in my life, but you've enjoyed things enough. You've enjoyed the videos, the pod, whatever, the shirts enough to spend your money or to take the time out of your day to kind of put your name behind a recommendation. That means a lot. It's kind of a crazy feeling to think about that. There are as many people that do that as there is like fucking wild, especially, like I said, it grew so much this past year in 2022, 2021. Yeah. There were still people listening. Yeah. There were some people watching the videos. Yeah. There were some people buying the shirts. We had some big months, some big designs, but not as nearly as consistent as it was in 22, not anywhere close to the level of growth we saw last year. So it really does like, it like boggles my mind kind of. I can't believe it because I do. I'm not going to sit here and tell you like, man, I think I stink at this. It's crazy that anybody listens. I don't agree with that. I think I'm pretty good at it. I'd like to think I do a pretty good job. If I didn't think I was good, I probably wouldn't do it, right? That's partially, you know, aside from me enjoying it and having fun with it. I like to do it because I think I sit down here and I'm like, hey, I finished a pod. Uh, That was pretty good. I think I'm kind of good at this. Maybe there is a future in this. Maybe instead of punching in numbers into Excel files all day, there will be a point in my life where I get paid to come on and joke around, talk about sports, talk about shit in the news, whatever the case is. So it's nuts. It's nuts to see how many people there are out there that listened, that shared that again, supported any other, any way you could, especially like podcasts. There's infinity of them. Like I got 30 podcasts, 20 podcasts that I really like. I only probably listen to like four or five, maybe six of them on a weekly basis. There's a bunch that I like. There's a lot of people that I like that have podcasts. And it's like, I just can't fit them into the rotation between not listening to shit between I like to watch movies. I like to watch sports. I like to listen to music. There's only so much time in the day. So to think that there are as many people out there who thought I was good enough or enjoyed listening to me talk as much as the numbers would reflect, that's that's crazy to think about it because it's just me sitting here right now in my family room, my Paul Bunyan statue staring me in the face, the green screen behind me, Hydra Flask on my right, just sitting here talking, ranting and raving, getting ready to dive into the past year, getting ready to dive in the Lions ending the season with a win at Green Bay, getting ready to talk a little bit about the where the wings are at, getting ready to talk about where TCU and Michigan and the national championship last night against Georgia it's crazy to think that there are that many people that want to listen to this. It's no fucking Broadway production here. I don't have the fancy lights. I don't have anybody who's doing the clipping for me. I don't have a cool set. I don't have anybody who writes show notes for me. I don't have people pushing me because I work for a big company. It's just me, myself, and I. And then fortunately, fortunately, and God bless you, people like you who are also out there doing the, the, the what's the word? The footwork? That's not the right word, right? What is it? Like when someone who passes out newspapers, would that be the footwork, the legwork? That's what I was looking for, doing the legwork, legwork as well. So I really appreciate it. I hope everybody had a wonderful holiday season, whatever you celebrate. I hope everybody had a great New Year's. Hopefully, you got to spend some time with your family and your friends. If you don't live where you grew up anymore, hopefully, you got to go back home and see some familiar faces. Hopefully, you got to relax a little bit, take a load off, do some eating, do some drinking, have some laughs, and kind of just disconnect from the world and whatever responsibilities you have for at least a week or so. So I really appreciate all you guys. I appreciate everybody who's supported up until this point. It it means everything to me because this is kind of, this is my baby. This is, you know, I'm 25 right now, but I don't really see a situation unless I lose a vocal cord. And I don't know how that would happen unless I get my throat slit. I, I am not involved with people who would, I, I would do that. I don't think um, no connections to La Cosa Nostra have never come into contact with the Yakuza or anything like that. So I think I'll be okay in the vocal cord department. And if that remains the case, I don't really see an ending to this. I mean, I, I'm the lines are going to keep playing football. I'm going to keep fucking hitting the record button. Michigan State still exists. I'm going to keep sitting down here and talking about it. Michigan's playing in big games, whether I like it or not. I'm still going to write up a couple notes, make a few videos, make a couple designs and talk about Jim Harbaugh and whether he's going to leave whether he's going to stay, what exactly that whole situation is. I'm going to keep doing it. There's not really an end in sight for me. So as far as I see it, as great as 2022 was and the growth and everything and how much bigger it's gotten, 2023 should be bigger. 2023, like it's, we're going up, dude. We're starting to hit that inflection point where this thing goes from linear to a little exponential on their asses. Shout out my calculus, before calculus, when we learned that geometry shout out my math people shout out everybody who took a math class in high school we're about to hit the exponential piece and that's something special you see that graph start to curve upwards a little bit you know you got something on your hands so that feels good it's validating and again like it's not like I started this last year right i didn't i didn't turn this on at the beginning of the football season this past season i didn't turn this on when hard knocks aired i started doing this in 2020 Right. It was like it. We were in the trenches for a bit here. I was doing these podcasts and had eight people listening for a little while there. And now we're starting to get up into the triple digits. That, That graph is going linear to exponential. I'm running into people in Detroit. I'm at the Pistons game. People come say hi. I'm at the Lions game when they beat the fuck out of the Bears on New Year's Day. And I'm going to take a piss and I got people going, hey, man. Aren't you the guy who does the Detroiter? Like, you mind if I grab a picture? I'm at the Red Wings game and I got people going, hey, I'm at the gym. I'm at the LA Fitness in Troy, Michigan on a Tuesday at like 2 o'clock. Just doing some bicep curls, you know what I'm saying? Glamour muscles only. And I got people stopping me at the water fountain going, hey, I love what you do with the page. That's fucking nuts. That's nuts to think about that being real. Especially thinking about I started in 2020. Doing this shit, half the podcasts I did were in my 2000 2000 Honda Accord. Drove it over to the park, recorded shit on my phone with the Apple earphones, looking at kids on the swing set, talking about Aaron Henry and how Michigan State's going to sneak into the tournament. We got eight people listening to those, and now to come this far, It's, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. It's mind blowing. Like I said, and I'm excited for 2023. It's only going to get better. I only want to do more now. Like every, every milestone, it feels like we hit like every time I put a shirt design out that does really well. Every time I got a podcast episode that hits big, every time I put out a TikTok that goes viral, every time something like that happens, I just want to do more. I'm like, oh shit. All right. Like me making a video talking about how good of a time I had in Seattle. 600,000 people saw that? Should I start? I know I'm a Detroit. I'm a Michigan guy. Should I start talking about like sports other places like national? Should I start talking about all of college football? Should I start just making jokes about random things in life? Like why why is toast toast just burnt bread, weird fucking thing? What Should I just like let's start expanding? I think that's what I want to do this year. And it is very reassuring. And motivating to see what I have done this far kind of be rewarded, I guess, would be the right word for it in the form of listenership, in the form of people like saying hello to me when I'm at home for Christmas, in the form of selling T-shirts. I'm not even a Michigan fan. I make that Fiesta Bowl design and people go crazy for it. It's very rewarding. It's very motivating. It just makes me want to go even harder, whether you're a Michigan fan. Michigan state fan, whether you're live or from Detroit and support those teams or not, whatever the case is, however, however it is that you got here and whatever it is that you support. I'm extremely grateful for it. Um, it's super motivating. And like I said, 2023, wow, we're going to turn this thing up. <laughs> that's that plain and simple. We're going to turn this thing up. There is no other way. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Scale it back now. What am I going to do? Roll over and die now. What kind of lunatic would I have to be to make that sort of decision? It won't be happening anytime soon. And I'll tell you this. I said on day one, the very first podcast I ever did on this feed, if you've got the thumb capacity for it and you want to scroll all the way back through the feed to the very first release, hey, that'd probably be kind of interesting. I'd actually I'd actually kind of be interested to hear how I sound. It's probably so much worse, which is weird because back then I was like, dude, I'm pretty good at this. It's probably so much worse. But if you want to listen to that, I said on day one, look, the goal of this is to somehow make this the way I pay rent, make this the way I buy food, make this the way I get to go to a music festival with my friends. The end goal is to make this how I make my money. I don't expect it to happen today. I don't expect it to happen tomorrow. I don't know if I expect it to happen this year or even next year. I know. I knew back then and I still know now. It's a long ass process. It's going to take patience. It's going to take work ethic, consistency, just grinding it out. Belief in what it is that I'm doing and what I'm capable of. Belief in you guys that I have the supporters. I have a little bit of a fan base now that will kind of go to bat for me. Will tell their friend, I make a Georgia Bulldog shirt, which I am making. In fact, you tell your friend from Georgia, hey man, check this out. Your dog's just one. Check this out. I like. I have belief in that. Now I know it's going to be a long process, but the goal has always been and still remains. Let's make this what I do. Whether it's someone like Dave Pornoy and Barstool giving me the bag, probably the bag, <laughs> just enough money to pay rent. Whether it's that, which is probably the quickest way there, or if it's just doing this on my own to the point where, Hey, I, I we've amassed enough of a following and support structure where I can just do this on my own. I don't need a big company. I don't need a barstool. I don't need the ringer to come along. I can just do it on my own, whatever it is, whichever comes first, that's the goal. And it feels fucking unbelievable to see that we got a long ways to go. We got a long ways to go. I need to make that clear. We got a long ways to go, but it feels incredible to see we're going. We've taken a couple steps. It's like Goku in the Dragon Ball Z for any fans out there. When he's just running down that Golden Bridge for like 50 episodes straight, that's we've taken a couple strides. We're starting to fly. We've learned to fly a little bit through the Golden Bridge. we still got miles of bridge ahead of us, but we're starting to get there. So I needed to start this episode today just by thanking all you guys for the support over the past year. And thanking you for the patience and waiting for this episode. It's been a couple of weeks, like I said. Had some people DMing me going, hey, like, we, we, are we going to get another episode? Like the Lions are playing big fucking games, which is fair. You know, I, I do regret that. Like I didn't make an episode before the Packers. I didn't make an episode after the Panthers game. But I, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to unplug a little bit. And then I knew when I came back today. 2023. I was going to be firing. There was no, there was going to be no hesitancy. Like, oh man, I don't really feel like doing that. It was going to be, I'm um, chomping at the God damned bit. I get back in the studio, AKA my one bedroom apartment, and I'm ready to fucking talk. I'm ready to make some content. So I appreciate everybody's patience going into the new year The support last year. It's going to be a special one, 2023. I feel very good about it. So thank you all. All right, we'll take a quick break. And we got to talk about the Detroit Lions. There's a lot to talk about. I'm going to record again this week. This certainly will not be the only episode this week. I'll try to keep things fairly short. Like, there is so much shit to talk about. I don't want to make this a three-hour episode. But we got to talk about the Lions. I mean, (laughs) no shit. We got to talk about the Lions. No shit we got to talk about them. Um, I kind of want to spend like three minutes talking about how the Red Wings are dead. It makes me sad. It, it it makes me really sad because I thought, you know, I don't know if I thought the playoffs were in the cards, but I thought like meaningful games in March were in the cards. I thought I'd be on the hook until kind of close to the playoffs. Doesn't feel like that's going to be the case with the wings. Um, as a matter of fact, it's just not going to be the case. Forget feeling. It just isn't the case with the Red Wings. So that kind of sucks. I want to spend a couple minutes on them. And I would like to talk about the college football playoff. I know Michigan and that TCU game was obviously like a week and a half ago. TCU just got smoked by Georgia in the final. So that's kind of old news. But I do want to talk a little bit about that. Obviously, there's the Jim Harbaugh rumors. He's taking interviews with the Broncos, even though he's saying, I want to coach in Michigan next year. But then he's still taking interviews with the Broncos. I don't, Jim, hello, what? Jim, Jim, Well, I don't get any of the Jim Harbaugh stuff. What does he get from lying? What's the point about putting things out like he's taking the first NFL offer he gets, but then he puts out a statement with U of M. That's like, I don't know what the future holds, but I'm going to be at Michigan. What What does that even mean, Jim Harbaugh? We've got that to talk about. I kind of want to talk about the Natty itself. Just Georgia fucking steaming. TCU, I mean, oh, boy, 65 65-7 to, to the point where not only was it a bad game and just over halfway through the second quarter, like turn it off, let's put something else on, I'm done with this, but to the point where I genuinely feel bad for TCU. I was sitting there like covering my eyes going, damn, bro, those are 20-year-old kids that are just getting mollywopped in front of America. This whole underdog story, they beat Michigan. What a sick game that was. Nobody's giving TCU a chance, and they're getting fucking murdered. I mean, 13-and-a-half point dogs, and they lose by 50? (sighs) That was sad. want to spend a couple minutes on that. I kind of also – maybe this won't be this uh, topic for this – or this episode specifically – but I kind of want to address the whole college football playoff, just the narrative now, because obviously a game like that happens TCU gets smoked and everybody comes out of the woodwork should have been Alabama should have been Alabama. Oh, Michigan would have given Georgia a game Day Ohio state. They had the natty. How does Tennessee not make it in there? I want to address that because nothing in college football drives me crazier. It happened last year. I talked about it last year. Granted, I was more biased because it involved Michigan State, but the principle was the exact fucking same. I made those videos and people were like, they'd get killed on a neutral field. What are you talking about? The principle is the exact same. When it comes to the college football playoff, I get that that game sucked. I understand that TCU, sure, maybe they shouldn't have been there. Sure, maybe Alabama would have given Georgia a better game. Okay, I get it. But what are we talking about when we're going to sit here and go, yeah, Alabama should have been in just because their roster's better. Just because people in Vegas think they would have given them a better matchup. Okay, so why do we play games then? What, why does the regular season exist? Why is there a college football playoff? Why is there a committee? Just make it Alabama and Georgia every year. Why wasn't Texas A&M in the college football playoff? If we're just going to talk about strength of roster and how they match up, why, why, why do any of the games matter? Why does anybody need to decipher between a one-loss TCU team and a two-loss Alabama team? Why does any of this shit matter? At some point, yes, maybe there were other teams that would have given Georgia a better game, but at some point, we have to just use common sense. We have to realize that what we're talking about here is who won enough during the regular season and in their conference championships to make the college football playoff versus. Who has the best team, on paper? Who has the most four stars? Who has the most five stars? Let's just put them in the playoff because they'd give them a better game. They'd give, oh they wouldn't have lost by forty. Look at how many four stars they have. They maybe lose by fourteen. Maybe it would have been a way better game, way better product. At some point, we have to understand how absurd that concept is. Oh, it doesn't matter that they have two losses. It doesn't matter that they have three losses. Alabama would have matched up better. Okay, so. So, why did Alabama lose to Tennessee? Why did Alabama – did they lose to Georgia? Was that their second loss? Why did Tennessee lose? Like, if it's that easy where, oh, they they have a better team. Oh, they would have matched up better. Oh, the odds maker said it would have been a uh, closer game. Okay, so then why did they lose to LSU? Why did they lose to number 16 LSU? If they just – oh, they would have matched up better with Georgia. Oh, they deserve to be there. Why'd they lose to Tennessee if they deserved to be there? If they had the better team? Why'd they lose those games? We can't start trying to make college football a world in which, forget the record, forget who won the games and who lost the games. Let's just put in the most talented rosters. Let's put in the teams who have been good for the last five years. Maybe they weren't the best this year, but the last five they've been pretty fucking good. So even though they lost two more games than this team, eh, they'll stand a better chance. We That's crazy. It's my number one pet peeve with college football and college football fans. Is a game like that happens, TCU gets blown out, it sucks, and now everyone goes, that should have been Alabama. Why? Alabama lost twice. Why the fuck would that be Alabama? They lost their way out. The whole point of the regular season is to earn your way into the playoffs. That's how it works in hockey. That's how it works in the NFL. It's how it works in the NBA. It's how it works in MLB. You win enough games, and then you make the playoffs, and then we'll see what you can do. In no other sport do people say, oh, well, you know, the Lions, for instance. The NFL's not going shit. I know they're 9-8, and eight, and due to the tiebreakers, they didn't actually qualify for the playoffs. But, look, they are 8-2 and two in the last 10. They've beaten some good teams. You could argue they're one of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. The way that they play, the offensive line, the defensive line, they match up better against teams than maybe the Seattle Seahawks do. They're a more fun team. Their offense is better. They're more dominant. Yeah, yeah, by record and what happened over the season, they don't deserve to be in. But hey, they're pretty hot right now. But hey, I think they'd match up against San Francisco a little bit better than Seattle. So you know what? Seattle, sorry, you're out. Lions, you're in. That's not how it works in anything. Why? Why would that be how it works in college football? I don't understand it. Granted, college football is a little more tricky because there's 100 whatever teams and only four make the playoffs, soon to be 12, which will be good because then hopefully that puts to rest all of this. Because if you make it to the team of 12, there is no, well, that the 13th seed, the 13th team in the country, they would have given a better game. There will be none of that, hopefully. God for fucking bid that there is. If there is at that point, if we're talking next year or two years, whenever that gets enacted, if we're talking about how the number 11 team shouldn't have been in there, the number 13 team would have given them a way better game, if we're talking about that then, then I can't help anybody. Then we got problems. Then it's beyond me. It's beyond you. It's beyond the human brain. It's beyond logic. It's beyond one plus one equals two. It just doesn't make any sense at that point. It doesn't make any sense at this point, right? It is a little trickier with the four teams. It is a little trickier because college football is more of an up and down sport, right? Georgia almost lost to Missouri and you watch that game yesterday and you go, how was that game within 50? And people people said, I asked that question last night, you know, facetiously on Twitter. I go, Georgia almost lost to Mizzou? How the fuck is that possible? And people respond and they go, they had an off day. That happens. They had an off day, you know, they like caught off guard, didn't play their best. The way Georgia played yesterday, them having an off day against Mizzou should have been winning by 30. That should have been their off day. Their on day, you win by 60. Their off day, they still win by 30. That's the thing. That's the thing. I know it's four teams, and college football is a little more up and down. Teams like Georgia almost lose to Mizzou, but that is why you have to go by the record. It only makes sense to go by the record. Why would you say Alabama should have been in? Why not LSU? LSU beat Alabama. Right? Right? Why would that be the case? It just doesn't make any sense if we're going to start going hypotheticals, if we're going to start talking about, well, they're better on paper. Oh, but they lost all these games, but they're better on paper. So ignore the fact that they have twelve. They had 12 separate Saturdays to prove themselves worthy of being in this game. Ignore the fact that they didn't do it in those 12. They should just do it. They should be there anyway because um, these guys were good in high school. These guys were real good in high school. They weren't good when they played LSU. They weren't good enough when they played Tennessee. But two years ago, when they were playing high school football in Miami, they were nasty. They would have been a better matchup. We can't do that. It drives me crazy. It doesn't make any sense. The shitty games like last night suck, no doubt. Nobody's disagreeing with that. But that's just the way shit goes. That's just how sports work and definitely – That's how college sports work. You see it in college football. You see it in college basketball. That's why people love March Madness so much, because the 15 seed can beat the number two seed. Nobody in March Madness goes, yeah, I know Duke lost to Lehigh, but Duke would have matched up better against Wisconsin. Nobody does that. No, Kentucky lost to the 11 seed. Yeah, but Kentucky should be in this game. They match up so much better against Gonzaga – than UCMB does. What? Nobody does that in March Madness. So why? Why is it that we want to do it so badly in college football? That's how the sport works. Good teams lose all the time to bad ones in college basketball. Teams will lose by 20 and then the next night go out and beat a top 10. That's just how it fucking goes. I can't explain it. That's the way sports work. And at the younger levels like the college level compared to the pros, There is a little bit more give and take. There is a little bit more of the any given Sunday element to it. It's just part of the game. So don't come at me and talk about how Alabama should have been in that game because they match up. Don't talk about how it should only be SEC teams. The SEC team. Who? Who? Outside of Georgia, Bama, and LSU. Who are you talking about with SEC? Oh, the SEC is dominant. The SEC has three elite programs. Couple pretty good ones, and then the rest are dog water. Mississippi State fans talking about how Michigan shouldn't have been there. What do you mean, Mississippi State? You don't get to claim how great the SEC is and how bad the Big Ten is because Michigan lost, Georgia won, and your team, you just happen to be in the SEC. Mississippi State, you don't get to pile on to Georgia success. That doesn't count for you. And I don't want to just single out Mississippi State. All the other teams do it. SEC, it should always just be the SEC. It's Georgia, Alabama, and LSU. And then the rest. I don't know. It drives me nuts. I I just can't fucking stand it with college football. I don't get it. I never will. I never have. And I hate seeing it after games like yesterday, as much of a travesty as it was. I just hate seeing this revisionist. It should have been the team that's better on paper. They lost the fucking games. That's the way it works. You want to be in the college football playoff. You want to go play Georgia in the final. Don't lose the LSU. Don't lose the Tennessee. Plain and simple. All right, quick break. We'll talk about the Lions. We'll talk a little bit about the Red Wings and we'll probably call it a day. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be back again this week. I'll probably be back again for an episode Friday and we'll get into more stuff, maybe a little more college football, maybe a little bit more NFL, maybe a little bit more Lions talk. Certainly maybe next week I'll do kind of like a season in review where the whole episode will just be talking about where the Lions are, what it looks like moving forward, the kind of vibe amongst the fan base and around the team. I'm pretty excited. It's a good fucking time to be a Lions fan. That was a sweet, sweet, sweet victory at Lambeau this past Sunday night. Quick break. I got to say, before we dive into the game, that that performance the Lions put forth at Lambeau Sunday night, that was one of the most special Lions games Honestly, this, I don't know if this is hyperbole. It's not meant to be. I could just be forgetting and, you know, recency bias. I don't have some of the other games at top of mind, but that may have been the most special Lions victory I've seen in my life. On it, like straight up, not joking. I swear to God, that may have been the most special. To go to Lambeau Field in the freezing fucking cold. Listen, I know it gets cold in Detroit, I know we're in Michigan. I grew up there. I understand what winter's like, but we play in a dome. It's warm. It's 70 degrees. Ford Field, there's no wind. It's a good time in there. Nobody's wearing sleeves. Nobody sees their own breath. It's great. To go to the freezing cold where Green Bay thrives, like you talk about home field advantages in NFL. It's not quite like college, but you talk about home field advantages, shit like that, it being zero degrees in Lambeau Field in January, that is a home field advantage. Forget the crowd. I mean, the place goes bonkers. They have incredible support. Lambo, I'm sure noise factor, all of that hostile environment. I'm sure that all makes it a very difficult place to play. But above that, it is freezing fucking cold there like nobody else. Nowhere else. Minnesota, we're inside. Detroit, we're inside. Chicago gets pretty damn cold, but they're the Bears, so nobody ever's playing there in January. To go there in Packer weather, in a game where not just any team or any guy, not Geno Smith and the Seahawks, Aaron Rodgers, one of the most talented quarterbacks the league has ever seen, a guy who has built a career on burying the Detroit Lions, not verbally, but with his play on the field amongst other teams. To go there and beat the Packers in a game that they had to have in order to make the playoffs, when we had nothing on the line, we knew Seattle won. Everybody on the Lions knew they weren't going to the playoffs. Fucking sucks. You would think that deflated people. That deflated me. I was sitting on the couch going, this game would be way more fun if we could go to the playoffs. I was sitting there bummed out. Chris Collinsworth leading in with Tariko, hyping it up. And it was exciting. You know, you get Packers and pa- or, uh, Packers and Lions at Lambeau on Sunday night, that game's always going to be exciting, right? It's a rivalry. The Lions were surging, so playoffs, no playoffs. It's just been a treat to watch this team for the second half of the season. But I was sitting there kind of sulking around going like, fuck, this would be so much better if we could go. Like It was a little bit of a bummer. And for the Lions knowing that, and I'm sure having that emotional hit, even though Dan Campbell said, look, They knew what the case was. They knew they weren't going. But these guys came out focused, fired up, and they wanted to win. Like they had a chance to go to the playoffs. I know he said they were motivated. But you got to believe like human nature at some level, there was a little bit, a little bit of an impact knowing Seattle had lost. There has to be, right? Like you can say all you want. You can motivate. You can be as focused as you want. There has to be just a little bit of you. Jared Goff, the offensive line, the coaching staff, whoever it is, as much as we fucking hate the Packers, as much as Aaron Rodgers had run his mouth about the Lions all year, as much disrespect as they had shown towards us, there had to be a little bit of a letdown knowing Seattle had already moved past us. You had to have it. And for them to go out there and play the game that they did, like shit going against us. The Jamison Williams flea flicker tutty called back on a hold. Kirby Joseph had like two interceptions for sure. One was it two interceptions called back for like a hands to the face or whatever the case is. Sketchy calls, like a little bit of that Green Bay ref thing where you're like, it's not actually rigged, is it? Like (laughs) There was a little bit of that going on where you're sitting there and you're talking to your friends like, guys – I know we kind of joke about it, but like, is it actually rigged? <laughs> like, Are they for real? Is Roger Goodell on a red phone in his office right now? Just main line to the referee's ear going, you got to throw this fucking flag. That interception can't stand. Is that happening? I don't want to believe it is because I love football, I love the NFL, I love watching sports, I love believing any team can win on any given day. I want to believe my team's the Detroit Lions. We're never on Roger Goodell's good side when he picks up that fucking phone. I want to believe that that's not true, but it was starting to feel like one of those games. There were a couple flags thrown, a couple plays, a couple no calls, forearm to DeAndre Swift's mouth, right? Couple no calls where you're like, is it rigged though? Because, God damn it, I swear, I swear, it's never Green Bay's flea flicker that gets called back. I swear, Jared Goff isn't throwing it deep for a 60-yard pass interference when we play the Packers. I swear, we're never the ones benefiting from the late yellow tapestry on the field. I swear, don't tell me it's actually rigged, for it to be one of those games And the Lions fight through it, something that they've never done in my life. Like refs aside, tough breaks aside, that Jamison Williams called back aside, the pick called back aside, the breaks that are out of your hands that are solely on the referees, to overcome that? The Lions don't win that game when it's even keel. If there was not one single flag thrown on either team all game, my entire life, that game, Lions at Lambeau Field with the Packers trying to make the playoffs, my entire life, the refs are dead even all night. Nobody's benefited one side over the other. My entire life, the Lions have lost that game. And for there to be a couple of those suspect moments A couple flags that have you scratching your chin going, that's weird that the Packers get that call and we don't. For that to happen and the Lions still overcome it and find a way. Unfucking believable because that first half, it felt like that. The first half, it felt like it was going down that road. Right, It was pretty lazy, back and forth, field goal, field goal, field goal. The defense did a pretty good job. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers couldn't find the end zone. Had a couple decent drives, a couple big plays, a couple big flags, and the defense stood up when they had to and held them to three. It was great. Obviously, the Lions, we forced that fumble. Later in the game, we get the interception. But to overcome those flags and the things that are real gut punchers, the James Houston jumping off sides on that third down that leads to the Packers picking up the fourth down, things like that were in the fucking existence of Detroit. Forget my measly, insignificant 25 year life in the history of the Detroit Lions being in the NFL and playing against the Green Bay Packers. They never overcome that type of shit for that all to happen in a game where it meant nothing to us really other than keeping Rodgers out and they get it done. Regardless, a late drive in the fourth quarter, eight minute, 13 play, 75 yard drive in the freezing fucking cold. Jared Goff wearing two gloves, kids from California played for the Rams before this, the home fields in a dome for him to come out and did what he had to do. Our offensive line. The thing we've leaned on all year, the thing we're going to lean on next year, the calling card of this team to just get nasty when they had to, to protect Jared and keep him upright when they had to because they struggled. Jared Goff took some shots in the first half of that game. Our right guard, our left guard were getting eaten alive that entire first half. We couldn't get shit going offensively. And for them to come together and just fucking eke it out, Whatever you got to do, just find a way. I don't care what that means, what it takes. Figure out a way to block this so Jamal Williams can go get six yards. Figure out a way to block this so Goff can roll to his left and throw a bomb to Khalif Raymond. Figure out a way to make this happen so Amon Ra has just enough time to send that hook and ladder to DeAndre Swift. For them to just find ways. That fourth quarter drive, eight minutes, taking the life out of the stadium, the life out of the Packers, and then it's a movie we've seen before. Six minutes, I believe, maybe a little less, on the clock. We're up now. It's 20 to 16. Aaron Rodgers is getting the ball back. We've seen it before. We've seen this shit before to lesser quarterbacks, and Kirby Joseph comes up with a massive interception. We go down and we don't play not to lose. There's a fourth down there where we either could have tried to kick a long field goal, could have tried to punt it and pin them deep. Dan Campbell says, fuck that. We're going to play to win. We're going to play to eliminate these guys. And they throw the little out to DJ Chark on fourth down, pick it up. Then another fourth down, this one to truly seal it. And we go for it again. Could have taken the field goal, could have made it a seven point game, could have bought ourselves a little insurance. Fuck that. We're going to run a play. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to trust Jared Goff, and we're going to hit DJ Chark again. First down, game. See ya, Aaron Rodgers. See ya, Green Bay. Have fun watching right next to us on the fucking couch. Bring a couple cheese curds and spotted cows for us, would you? For them to make that happen and to win that way at the end like they did, gutsy. That was the type of win that the Detroit Lions never come up with. And it's been a theme throughout the last half of the season, just winning games that the Lions don't win. We've talked about it. I've talked about it time and time again, the same old Lions crowd that so desperately wants the Lions to fold back into what they've been. So desperately wanted the Lions. I'm sure that's what makes me sick, dude. That's what makes me sick with this fan base in the fourth quarter of that game Sunday night. I know for a fact There were people sitting in their living rooms in the state of Michigan that claimed to be Lions fans that were deep down hoping Aaron Rodgers would find a way so they could sprint to their fucking ketchup stained keyboards and type out same old Lions makes me sick to know that that was the case. And you know, it was, you know, that there were people out there going fucking saying this is going to be it. This is going to be the same old Lions just like they always are. Time and time and time again, the Lions have won games this season that they don't win historically. And then the pinnacle of it in week 17, playoffs out the door, a lack of motivation, or at least a perceived lack of motivation, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, all the motivation in the world, hostile environment, and they eke it out tough gutsy win guys making plays when they absolutely have to Aiden Hutchinson getting after Aaron Rodgers when we absolutely need to force a field goal Kirby Joseph coming up with an interception when we absolutely need to get a stop Jared Goff making the throw he wasn't great he missed some throws making the throws when we absolutely have to have them Amon Ra catching passes with his ass cheeks when we absolutely have to have him. Justin Jackson on third and 10, splitting two defenders and picking up the first down by a yard when we absolutely have to have it. Guys doing whatever it takes to make the plays that we had to have. That is unlike Detroit Lions football, at least of the past. That is some shit we have never seen. I certainly have not. It felt so good. And yeah, you know, it would have been if the Lions could have made the playoffs, if Seahaw- if the Seattle Seahawks ended up losing that one and that thing's propelled us into the playoffs, it would have been even more special, of course. Detroit would have been on fire. We'd be still on fire today. Everybody and their mothers would be talking about the Lions. Fuck the Cowboys. Fuck the Eagles. Fuck the Bills. Everybody on every network would be talking about the job Dan Campbell's done, the resurgence of the Detroit Lions, what this team could do in the playoffs. It would be madness. But it still, despite that not being the case, it still felt damn good to send that team home, to send that guy home who didn't want to give us even an ounce of respect, talking about how you just can't lose to those guys, talking about the Lions. No respect for what we're doing in Detroit. No respect for how far along the teams come in this season alone. No respect for the way we play and the way we win. For us to send that guy home in what might be his last season in Green Bay, it was a beautiful fucking sight. It's a goddamn shame that it didn't amount to anything as far as the postseason, but as far as consolation games go, that's about as good as it gets. And that's the one thing we need to remember about this. It's okay to be disappointed that we didn't make the playoffs. Look, that's what happens when you start the season off one and six. We were always going to be fighting an uphill battle. You go one and six in the first seven fights you're going to have a hell of a time making the playoffs. That's what happens when you lose that game to Seattle. It's what happens when you lose that first one to Minnesota. It's what happens when you get steamrolled by the Panthers. Shit happens, dude. It's the way it fucking goes, but that's about as good as a consolation game and as it gets. And it's about the journey. We love watching sports because we love tuning in to our favorite team on Sunday and watching them play well. Seeing them do things like they did against the Packers Sunday night, seeing exciting moments, seeing them pull it off when nobody except for us believes that they can. That's why we love it. 17 times this year, we got to sit down with our friends and watch our favorite team play. And the first half of those 17, it didn't go so well. But the last half, that's the most fun I've had watching the Detroit Lions since they made the playoffs in 2015. That's the most fun I've had watching the Detroit Lions since the 2013 year, since 2011. That is the most fun our NFL team has been in seven years. It sucks that that win didn't catapult us to the playoffs. It does. I'd love nothing more to be there because the crazy thing is, I don't know if people would be willing to say it, but the Detroit Lions, I promise you this, if we snuck in, the Rams close that thing out and Baker Mayfield doesn't have a fucking potato leg for a right arm, if we snuck into the playoffs, I don't care if it's the Niners, I don't care if it's the Eagles, I don't care if it's Buffalo, I don't care if it's Kansas City, nobody, nobody would want to see the Detroit Lions right now. I promise you that. Sure, we might have been underdogs going up to San Francisco, sure. Yeah, people would have been picking against us. Yeah, we might have lost the game. Absolutely. San Francisco's really good. They got a really good defense. They're built like us. They got a great offensive line. Absolutely, it would have been tough. I'll tell you this, though. San Francisco wouldn't have been celebrating seeing the Detroit Lions come to town. I guarantee you, Kyle Shanahan, when he saw the Seahawks get it done, went, and then when he saw us get it done, And he realized, oh, wow, those guys can't even make the playoffs. I guarantee you there was a little party going on in the Bay. I guarantee you that nobody would have wanted to see this team because they're tough. They play nasty. They beat you in a way that you can't help. We beat you because our offensive line physically dominates you. We beat you because our quarterback doesn't make mistakes with the football. We beat you because we have playmakers that can do special things when we need them to. Amon Ra, Jamison Williams, we've seen a couple flashes this year, and boy, I can't wait to see what he does next year. We beat you because we have a defense. Yeah, it could use some improvement on the outside and on the back end, but we've got a front four that can get after you, that can force you to make a couple mistakes, that can cause a couple negative plays, whether it's a sack, Forcing a fumble. We got a guy, Kirby Joseph, that, that back there who can bait a guy like Aaron Rodgers into throwing a game ceiling interception. Nobody would have wanted to see the Detroit Lions, and that's a bummer, but you have to enjoy the journey because only one team's going to win the Super Bowl. Fact of the matter, only one team's going to win the whole fucking thing this year. Everybody else, you just gotta think back and enjoy the run that you had. You got to enjoy smashing the Bears. On New Year's Day at Ford Field, I was there. The crowd was raucous. The city was buzzing. Unbelievable day. You have to enjoy snatching the life out of Green Bay on primetime television. The most watched Sunday night football finale in six years, I believe the stat was. You got to just soak in that. You got to enjoy squeaking one out against the jets you've got to fucking love that day we beat minnesota at home with the penne catch you got to think back and just savor those times because that's what sport's about all of your favorite teams whether it's college pro footballs uh, hockey whoever your favorite teams are in the course of your life a lot of those teams if you're from michigan didn't end up winning the whole thing but you still love those teams anyway because they gave you memories because the run that they went on went on it was appointment television it was an occasion you were always smiling and laughing and talking about it with your friends for the next week you've got to enjoy that now next year the expectation changes next year we got to make the playoffs ne- next year we we should win the NFC north honest to god Next year, we got to get serious, and it's no more, hey, let's feel good. Hey, at least they bounced back. Hey, 8-2 and in the last 10 is pretty damn good. Hey, Dan Campbell kept them playing hard, even though they had a tough start. Hey, at least the rookies. There's no more, like, consolation prizes next year. Next year, we got to find a way to make the playoffs, plain and simple. But as far as this year, look, this was still supposed to be a part of the rebuild. We're still going to get a top 10 pick. Are you fucking kidding me? This year was never supposed to be the year. It started to become more of a reality and more of something we were all feverishly hoping for as the season wore on. And they kind of figured themselves out and started to play, I think, the way a lot of us thought they would for the entirety of the season. But this was never supposed to be the year. Next year? Next year we mean business. Next year it's the NFC North or bust. Next year it's 5 and 1 in the division. Next year there is no 1 and 6 before the 8 and 2. Next year is a year where it's results. Plain and simple, it's results. Unreal year for the Lions. I'm going to do a deep dive like I said probably next week where I just go like an hour talking about the season, talking about we got Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn being requested for interviews. Talking about Dan Campbell, talking about Brad Holmes, talking about the roster and where should we obviously defensively we got to get better, but who we re-sign, who we don't re-sign. Next week we'll do a Lions year in review, if you will, but for right now, it's as good as it can get without making the playoffs. And as Lions fans, I hope to God you're not greedy. We were three and fucking 13 and one last year. We've seen winless seasons in this town. This past year was as good as it's been in a long fucking time in Detroit. Just enjoy it. Be thankful that it happened. Be happy that we kicked Aaron Rodgers' ass on national television. Unreal year for those guys. All right, folks. That's all I got for today. I'll be back here Friday. We'll get into some more stuff. Probably I didn't really mention the Red Wings. We'll do some Red Wings Friday. We'll talk Michigan. We'll talk the Natty um maybe a little bit more college football but we'll be back Friday again appreciate everybody like I said in 2022 who supported hope you stick along and and keep this thing going ramp it up a little bit for 2023 because I know I will appreciate your patience in me coming back to you after the little holiday hiatus hope you guys have a wonderful week and uh I'll see you Friday